0: This is a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Trenton, Michigan, a gospel-centered community seeking to glorify God by making, maturing, and multiplying disciples. For more information, check out fpchurch.tv. Our scripture reading this morning can be found in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verses 43 through 45. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good, and the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Good morning, First Prize. Just uh, thrilled to be able to worship this Lord's Day. Um, if you have a copy of, your God, of God's Word, if you just turn it there to Luke 6, uh, we're going to continue in our series on uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, or the Sermon on the Plain, as Luke calls it. Let's take a moment before we dive in to pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do come before you. And Lord, we pray that you would minister to us. We pray, Lord, for our congregation, as we know there are many who are struggling. Lord, our hearts go to the Robbins family, Jim and Rosemary, and we pray, Lord, for the loss of their son. We pray, God, for the funeral on Thursday. We pray that you would just be present and encourage and strengthen them even this hour. And Lord, we just pray for your compassion and kindness to be bestowed upon them and that we would be your hands and feet. And Lord, that we would be faithful in loving them well. Lord, we also pray for Jack Hall, who is in the hospital. And we just pray for his wife, Tony. And we pray, Lord, for healing for his body. Lord, there are many that are struggling. There are many that are afflicted, Lord, some physically, some emotionally, and some are battling spiritually. And so, Lord, as we gather here as your flock in your house around your word, we pray that you would minister to us. We pray that you would bind us up, that you would heal our wounds, that you would transform us more and more into the image of our beloved Savior. God, I pray that we as the church would be mindful to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice. I pray, Lord, that we could do that in our hearts that have been transformed, hearts that are truly in love with you. God, as we look across the face of this planet, we are overwhelmed in many ways of all that we see. And yet, Lord, we know where to run. We know to run to you. You are faithful. You are true. You are constant and consistent. And, Lord, I pray that we would find our strength in you this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would protect my words. Lord, that I would preach your word, that I wouldn't say anything more nor less than you've given me to say. But, God, I pray that I would be faithful to your word this morning. We pray, Lord, that we here at First Pres would be faithful to the gospel to the message that you've called us to be ambassadors, to share, and that, Lord, it would be more than just words we use, but our very lives would be transformed, and that we would be lights set up on a hill in a world that is spinning into chaos. And so, God, we pray that you would use us this morning, transform us, heal us, and prepare us. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. And God's people said... Amen. Recently, I went out and made a purchase. I was getting tired of hauling the weed whacker out and having the long cord and, and tripping over it. And I thought, you know what? It's time to get a new weed whacker. I went into the Lowe's and started looking around, and went over to Home Depot and looked around and wanted to find just the right one. And I saw it. It was perfectly red it just it just screamed power and i said this one's it i brought it home i was excited i used it the first time and of course it only had half a charge so i had to plug it in and let it re- regroup and it seemed that every time i would go into the garage to use it it was never charged It seemed like my family had a vendetta against me, that they always unplugged it and plugged something else in it to the point I would just get infuriated that my battery was never charged. You know, that's exactly what Jesus is talking about in our text. He's talking about batteries being charged, that you can't operate if you don't have a fully charged battery. And you think, Aaron, where does it say that? I'm not seeing anything about batteries in this text. I see trees, but I don't see batteries. Well, let me explain to you. Verse 43, he says, for no good tree bears bad fruit, but each tree is known by its fruit. You're knowing whether you're good or bad based upon the power that you have. Now, this is interesting because what Jesus is doing here is he's giving us some understanding of why everything else he's said already is even possible. So let me reflect with you over the last several weeks what we've dealt with. In our sermon series, the Sermon on the Mount, or as Luke calls it, the Sermon on the Plain, What ultimately Luke is teaching us is that ultimately Jesus has a message for his disciples. Remember verse 20 where he looked specifically at his disciples and he said, Hey, listen up. This is for you. Well, here Jesus began teaching them about the effects of the new birth. Jesus went into length with them about about what happens when God changes your heart, as was promised in the new covenant. He talked about an inward change in people. He said they begin to recognize their spiritual poverty, that they're poor. He talked about their hunger for righteousness' sake, that they would weep over sin, and that they would even be willing to be persecuted for Christ. They were willing to stand with Jesus. Now, all those things take place internally. These are the things that mark a believer versus an unbeliever. But Jesus says it's not just an inward change. No, it's also an outward change. There's an external change that happens. We begin to die to sin and live unto righteousness. So Jesus said, let me give you some examples. And Jesus gave them the example that they would love their enemies. That they would actually bless and not curse others. That they would turn the other cheek and not retaliate evil for evil. That they wouldn't judge or condemn, but that they would be marked by forgiveness and an attitude of giving rather than just taking. And so now Jesus comes here in verse 43 and says, You want to know how that's possible? Because they're good trees. Because they're powered up. Because they're connected to the power source. That's why. See, the new birth is necessary. And that's exactly where Jesus goes in verse 43 For no good tree bears bad fruit. According to Jesus, everything is defined by what it produces. You're either good or you're bad based upon the power that comes from you. What do you produce? But we have to ask a question in this day and age, in this postmodern culture, what is good? Who who defines good? See, our culture would say good is whatever makes you happy. Sheryl Crow, the famous pop singer, She sang a song that said, If it makes you happy, it can't be bad. If it makes you happy, it can't be bad. That's the theory of the culture. Do what makes you feel happy. However, she goes on and her lyric says, If it makes you happy, why are you so sad? Well, I'll tell you why, Cheryl. (laughs) The reason is is that there's a standard outside of yourself. You're not the standard, Cheryl, and neither am I. God is the standard. The Bible tells us what God desires. God determines what is good and what is bad. And he gave us some examples of the fruit that is good. Loving your enemy, forgiving, and giving These are things that are expected of good trees. This is good fruit. This is those who are powered up. This is what they produce. Friends, understand perspective here on what is good matters. I remember when my kids were little and we were driving to grandma's house who happened to live in Riverview And we drove by Mount Trashmore, or that's at least what we call it. It's the name of the landfill there on Sibley Road. And I remember as we were driving by it, hearing one of my little ones say, Wow, what a big mountain! To which dad replied, Nope, that's just a pile of trash. See, my little ones at that time had never seen the Rocky Mountains. We live in Michigan. There's not many hills, let alone mountains. And so they had no idea what a mountain really was. Their perspective was wrong. They thought a pile of trash could be a mountain. That's us. How often we think a pile of trash is good. All the while, God says, you haven't even seen good yet. You don't even really know what good is. You haven't seen the mountain of the Lord yet. Trust me, I'm the determiner of what is good and what is bad. Church, understand this. The right perspective of what is good matters. And each and every one of us have to determine what is our standard? What do we live by? What what makes our decisions? Is it God's word or is it man's opinion? Well, let me give you a fast run to the very end of the Bible. At the last day, it says, we will all be judged. And let me glue you in. We're not judged by man's opinion. We're judged by God's word god's standard see we're told that trees are known by their fruit and this idea of fruit is the standard god sets as good the fruit we produce that needs to be good what does that look like well first of all it means absolute and total obedience obedience Listen to what James writes in James 2.10. He says, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of it all. If you were even able to follow the whole law but just mess up once, guess what? You're guilty. You're a sinner condemned to hell. But Jesus goes on and says, it's not just about total obedience. Let me help you understand what total obedience really means. It means inwardly as much as outwardly. In Matthew 5, Jesus said, You have heard it said, but I say, listen to this, you've heard it said, you shall not murder. But I say, if you hate in your heart, you've murdered already. Jesus went on to say, You've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say if you have lusted in your heart, you've committed adultery already. What is Jesus getting at? Jesus is saying it's not just the outside of man that matters, but what's inside of man. You want to be truly good by God's standard? You must be totally, completely, inwardly and outwardly obedient. That's what's expected. Because the external fruit is produced internally. See, understand this. Just as non-healthy trees always bear sick, rotten fruit, so a good person will bear good fruit. In their words, in their thoughts, in their desires, in their actions, they all meet God's standard. Therefore, each person is recognized by their fruit, what they're powering up, what they're producing. And here's the key. Jesus isn't saying this so we can go around and measure everybody else's standard of goodness. Do they measure up? No, he's saying, evaluate yourself. Remember, Jesus already gave the rule. Our job isn't to judge others. Our job is to judge ourselves. So church, do you know who you are? I mean, really are, inside. Are you honest about your shortcomings, your failures, your sins? Or do you shrug them off because by your standard, it's not that big a deal? At least I'm not doing fill in the blank. Now, I understand that hearing this can be overwhelming. I mean, after all, that was Jesus' intent. When he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, these aren't five simple steps to a happy life he's offering you. He's saying, no, the point is you don't measure up. The point is you need me, Jesus is saying. That's why I'm here. That's why I've come. I didn't come to just pat you on the back and rub your shoulders a little and say, go get them, guys. He's said, no, I came to do what you could not do for yourselves, What was impossible for you, I have achieved. I am the one who's good. You're the one who's bad. You need me. Did you catch that? According to the Bible, there is only one who is good. In Luke 18, verse 19, Jesus was having a little bit of fun with those who was teaching who were kind of admiring him. He said, why do you call me good? There's only one who's good. He's kind of getting out of them. If you acknowledge my goodness, then you must acknowledge that I am he, God. For only God is good. And that's a big deal, church. Because if our standard is wrong, we go around and we start saying, everybody's good. Everybody's got a little good in them. Everybody's mostly good. Yeah, you know what? We're good. But not by God's standard not by God's standard of what it means to be totally, perfectly, inwardly, and outwardly obedient to goodness. Look at verse 45 at the very beginning. He says, the good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. Friends, that's a serious verse because it talks about the outflow of the treasure of your heart, the storehouse of your heart. What are you storing up? Who are you really? What flows from you? Well, the Bible tells us from Genesis forward that what flows from man is sin. David, one of the famous heroes of the Bible, the man who is named the man after God's own heart, in Psalm 51, he explains he's born in sin. In sin did my mother conceive me, verse 5. And Jesus describes in Mark 7, verse 21, it's out of the heart of man that evil comes from. It's what's inside of us. The Apostle Paul in Romans 3 explains that there is none righteous, no, not even one. He's saying, don't you even consider yourself as one of the righteous. And John, the beloved disciple, he said, we can't even see spiritual things. See, the problem is we're spiritually blind. We're hard-hearted. We're sin producers. We're bad. We're bad trees that produce bad fruit. And sadly, it's about time we started looking in the mirror of Scripture and realizing that. Because the world keeps telling us how good we are. How much better we're becoming We're smarter than the generations before us. But that's not what Scripture says. Scripture reminds us from beginning to end that we have a problem that only God can fix. That Jesus alone can fix because Jesus is good. See, the good tree in this passage isn't you. It's not me. The good tree in this passage is Jesus. Jesus never produces bad fruit. Never. Absolutely never. But we who are bad, we produce bad fruit all the time. But that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to meet God's standard for us. This standard that we can't move or push out of the way or reject or turn our back to because eventually every man will be judged by it. We can't ignore it. We can't run from it. We can't pretend it doesn't exist because we're faced with it every day. God's standard. Is set. And Jesus looks to his disciples and he says, I'm good. What he's really saying is, You need me. You need me. You need me. Jesus said in Luke 5:31, I've come for the sick, not the healthy. Let that sink in for a moment. If we were were mostly healthy, would Jesus have had to take on human flesh and enter the world and obey the law perfectly and go to a cross that he didn't deserve and die? If we were mostly good, would would he have had to do that? Couldn't he have just come down as kind of like a spiritual coach and just said, here's what you guys need to do, here's the game plan. This is how you win the spiritual Super Bowl. No. No. He says, you're dead spiritually, and you need me. If I don't come, you don't live. All you produce is rotten fruit, and the problem isn't just you. It's all of you. The world is filled with sin. But that's why I came. I came to change you. I came to change the world. Isn't that exactly what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17? He came to make us a new creation. To truly make all things new. So here's the point. Because of Jesus, there's hope. There's hope for those who are truly plugged in to Christ. Those who are connected to him. Those who are found in Christ their salvation and hope and life and power and victory In Ephesians chapter 2 beginning of verse 8 he says for by grace you've been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not the result of works so that no one can boast for we are his workmanship Created, get this, in Christ. Created in Christ. You know, that's one of the most famous lines in all of the New Testament. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Everybody uses it. Everybody's pushing you towards it. So you recognize you need to be in Christ. Your power, your hope, your love, your life only works in Christ. We need to be connected to Christ. We need the power of Christ. We need the life of Christ. So I ask you, are you in Christ? Is he your hope? Is he your source of strength? See, the issue, according to verse 45, is a heart issue. Look at the end of verse 45. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know where the bad things you say comes from? Inside you. When you're so angry at your kids, you just lose it? It comes from inside you. When it's easier to lie than to tell the truth, it comes from within inside you. When you're jealous of what everybody else owns, the greed comes inside you. When you're lusting after a woman who's not your wife, it comes from within inside you. The issue is the heart. The bottom line, the key point is who you are comes out. Notice the phrase he uses, the abundance of the heart. What's stored away, again, he's talking about. What the heart is overflowing with, it finds its way out. And guess what? According to Jeremiah, our hearts are desperately wicked. Not a little bit. Not just tainted by sin, but desperately evil. What we really need is a heart transplant. What we really desperately need to produce good fruit by God's standard of good, is a brand new heart. Let me go back to one of my illustrations. That battery-powered weed whacker I bought that I was so excited about, that I was getting upset because every time I went to use it, it wasn't plugged in. One time I made sure that it was plugged in and protected. My eyes were on it. Go ahead and try to unplug it. I'll catch you this time. I let it charge for days went to use it, plugged it in, 30 seconds maybe of use, and it died. You know what the problem was? It has a bad cell in the battery. It's good for nothing. It's useless. Just like us, no matter how much effort you produce, no how much trying you give, if you don't have a new heart, it's useless. It's useless. And this is why Jesus has come, to give us a heart transplant, to make us new, to make us whole. We need to be in him. And see, that's what we understand as justification, isn't it? the idea that we're 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 righteous in his standing because of Christ because of Christ we're 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 declared righteous and holy and good but did you know what precedes justification is regeneration before one who one can declare faith in Christ they have to be made new by the holy spirit regeneration is the new battery It's it's the new ability to actually believe and trust and lean upon Christ. And this is something the Holy Spirit gives. And understand this, church. When the Holy Spirit gives it, not only do you have faith, you also have works. See, sanctification takes place. The Holy Spirit begins to produce in us good fruit because we've been given a new heart and we're powered up in the new Christ. And what does this good works look like? This new fruit? Galatians 5 tells us it looks like joy, it looks like peace, it looks like patience. Kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. But I want to draw your attention to something. Notice it doesn't say the good fruits or the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit because a believer in Christ possesses all of them. Because the Holy Spirit is working in us to change us, to make us more like Jesus. That's why Jesus came. So that bad trees can become good trees. That wicked people can become new creations. And Jesus said, I came to do that. The question for each of us is have we been given a new heart? Do we see it in our fruit, in our desires? Do we weep over sin? Do we pursue righteousness over worldliness? What does it look like in our lives? Let me be very clear. I'm not suggesting that in this life you'll live way perfectly. No, I recognize we're sinful creatures. We're wrestling against the old nature. But let me be very clear. One who's been changed by the Spirit has been given a new heart. And here's the point. They will not be satisfied with anything less than perfection. Because they see the standard of God. They see the holy mount. And they want to run towards it. They don't want trash. They recognize Jesus. Jesus is the source of their power. Jesus is their victory. Jesus is their hope, and they run to Jesus. In John 15, Jesus said, "I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me does not bear, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit." Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Listen to what he says here. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Did you catch that? He's the root. We're the branch. Apart from the root, we can do nothing. If you're wondering why you're struggling with sin and it seems that it just has such a hold on your life, have you ever considered that maybe you're not really in Christ? You say, Pastor, how dare you? As your pastor who loves you, I ask you. Because everything in Scripture seems to teach that those who are connected to Christ have new desires, Are in the pursuit of the Holy Mount rather than a trash Mount. They would rather be persecuted for His name's sake. They would rather weep over sin than rejoice in it. They recognize how desperately they need Him because they're poor and hungry spiritually without Him. And they begin to love their enemies. And they stop judging others. And they're quick to forgive because they they themselves have been forgiven. And rather than being takers, they want to be givers. Because that's the change that Christ provides if you're in him. So church, I ask you, are you in him? Or are you just sitting around him Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the reminder through this sermon that this sermon is preached to your disciples. Thank you that we're reminded to check what kind of fruit we're bearing. And God, because it's so easy for us to get the wrong standard in mind, we start to think trash is beautiful rather than the righteousness and the purity, both outwardly and inwardly, that you require. God, forgive us for those things that that we have put in place of you, those idols that we have made, that we have chosen to bow down to. God, forgive us for that, and, and help us, Lord, because we are desperate without you. If we are not in you, we have no hope. Apart from you, Lord, we know we can do nothing. Lord, empower us. Change us. Lord, I pray for those who are here that may be wrestling with, am I in Christ? Have I just been playing the church game and really been sitting around religious people, but not truly faithful in Christ myself? God, I pray that you would bring conviction where conviction needs to be brought, that you would bring transformation because we recognize, apart from the work of the Spirit, we're spiritually blind. Lord, what rejoicing there is for those who feel conviction as that is a fruit of the Spirit's work. And rather than become numb to it, help us to run to it. Help us to repent of those things we need to repent of and help us cling to Christ, our only hope. In a world that is so desperately in need of Jesus, help the church to be faithful. Help us to get our standards right. Help us to be plugged in and connected to you, our Savior and Lord. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. God's people said, Amen. This has been a podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Trenton, Michigan. For more information, please visit us online at fpchurch.tv.